0: Welcome back to another episode of For All Hair Types podcast with Mahogany and Marcy. Um, Today is going to be a special episode. Um, And it's, you know, you know what it is? It's honestly, it's accountability. That's what we're doing. We're taking some accountability. Um, Last week, Marcy and I discussed like the major changes in haircuts and we called it the big chop. And, you know, I over this last week, you know, going through scrolling through, you know, many social medias. It was brought to my attention, um, actually by Kia, the curl consultant that like, there is a difference between a dramatic haircut and the big chop. And one of those things is just perspective, right? Like the idea of like, um, accepting and loving your hair, accepting and loving yourself. And like, um, we did talk a lot about that in our last episode, but like, there is a distinction between the big chop and a really dramatic haircut. And so I think this week we're just going to like kind of take a little accountability for what that looks like and, and really truly kind of dive into some of the reasons why there is a difference between the big chop and a dramatic haircut. So I'm going to pass it to
1: my girl Marcy to kick us off here on this. Cause like I have, so many feelings about this. (laughs) It's so true. Once you put that, you know, frame of reference in my mind, it starts to, like you said, like really kind of create like this, like different paths of where you might be coming from to make these choices. And I felt like at least my personal experience, I've only had one big chop as of a month ago. Um, And for me, I felt like it was really about changing my style, but I could absolutely see how it could really represent a whole set of different considerations depending on your hair journey and, you know, what your hair, you know, whether it's, you know, letting go of a past, you know, version of you, is it about hair health, is it, you know, kind of moving on from some hair history. Cause I, I, I don't know, this is a bizarre uh, little tidbit, but I remember growing up having a friend who always wanted to be in the FBI. Right. And he would always say like, you know, you know, the FBI like does like hair, you know, they pull your hair out of your head to get all your history as to like everything you've put in your body historically. And so you know, th- even that, like what, like, you know, really, you know, removing all the length of your hair to remove all the h- past history, like, you mm-hmm. know, and that's something maybe you can talk about mahogany. I'm, you know, definitely not an expert on, you know, hair chemistry, but, you know, maybe even the, the, you know, the history, like, I don't know if people know how much history lies in those like strands of hair, right? Isn't there yeah. different things that that can show you from a, you know, technical standpoint, or tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, and I'm not a trichologist, so my knowledge is limited, but I will say that, yes, yes. Like a lot of like your medications, a lot of your, um, like any sort of like anything that you put in your body, I mean, affects your hair health. Right. So like a lot of times, yes, you can like drug tests are, are they can use hair and they can find out a lot about like your nutrition and your age and, and, and whatnot through your hair. Um, simply because a lot of that lives like in the cortex. So, um, but what I think is so intriguing about this idea is that it is, you know, just the idea that like some people think that calling it the big chop is inappropriate unless you're black, right? Um, Some people say that like, it's okay to call it the big chop if it is, like you said, getting rid of that history and everyone's personal experience is going to be different as to why they are showing up for this like dramatic haircut i think what has really happened though is like in order to create the idea of what a big chop is in the natural hair community and i'm freestyling here so like i'm just gonna put that out there guys like if you see if you see something or if you hear something that you're like i don't know if i follow that please, you know, DM us on for all hair types pod on Instagram, definitely give us an email, like put it in the comments, like what have you, we are open to this Um, because it's about expanding our awareness. It's not about gatekeeping information. Um, So for me, when I think about what a big chop is and the way that I was introduced to the idea of what a big chop was, it was through the natural hair community. It was through black people. And it really was like, you know, kind of, again, like what we talked about last week, where it's about taking that journey of like self-love because our hair has been so politicized and discriminated against and, you know, um, bullied into to to assimilating into certain styles in order to like just be able to freely walk through the world in some small way um so but at the same time anyone with hair has history in that hair and so there is like a a, like a there is like an identity piece in that right there is an identity piece that you let go of or choose to choose to shift and so when i see like the idea of the big chop only being around in and around like hair that has been you know damaged through heat or chemicals um like what are the parameters so like what are the parameters that consi- that, that create the idea around a big chop um and i think that like this also just kind of opens up that whole thought process to to like the industry, our, our hair industry as a whole, like even this morning, I was looking at hair and on Instagram and I love hair for all their stuff, like mad props. They're so they're such a great like educational tool. They're great at celebrating hairdressers. Um, they're getting way better at celebrating all hairdressers. Um, so I'm really proud of them for that. But they put up a post today, and I commented on it. So they already know. They already know. Um, but like they put up this post that had all these different um, natural hair types or natural hairstyles on there, and they're like, if you had to pick one for the rest of your life, what would you wear? Now, a great many people who are commenting on there and I did look like I took that moment to look um are not white or excuse me are not black and so I just simply posted on there like have the consideration to think about the fact that like if you are not black and you wear these hairstyles or you want these hairstyles you could wish that you could have these hairstyles for the rest of your life like you won't be treated the same as like black people who wear those hairstyles who experience discrimination who experience a different level of scrutiny um so In that way, we can talk about like the appreciation for a good afro, right? We can appreciate a good set of locks. We can appreciate space buns. We can appreciate all of these things. But if we take away the perspective of like how other people are treated and the purpose of of, like celebrating these styles, the purpose of celebrating a big chop, you know, we can then think about like, okay no worries because like v- truly i loved our last conversation i loved every like human moment about it and but it was also just that it was a human moment yeah. it wasn't a an entire we didn't look at the whole picture and i'm okay with the fact that we did that because now we're having another
1: conversation and that's like learning Right, yeah. like, Yeah, you're talking about roots in history, right? I feel like yes. it's always so important. I feel like with beauty and hair in particular, things have, I think, especially in this day and age where, you know, social media really runs our life, everything's about like a 30 second, you know, attention span, totally. headline, tidbit, and a lot of the times we're missing that history lesson, you know, and like... Very admittedly, I'm not a history buff in anything really. I've tried, right. you know, to just learn, you know, my personal journey, even in my own family history, it's something that now in my late thirties, I'm more interested in, but I think for hair, what you're bringing up is so important is broadening that perspective. And sometimes we're missing that, that you know, that root uh, story of how these hairstyles came about. What's that cultural significance, the meaning behind it? It's not just hair. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's important. People, you know, sometimes just fast forward to just like, oh, it's just, you know, locks. It's just this. It's no, there's just so much more to it. And once you understand that um, history and all those things that um, really brought, you know, those hairstyles, um, the meaning behind them, I think is really mm-hmm. important for people to know. I think there's a lot of opportunity for all of us to be a lot more educated on that right. because we don't necessarily get fed that you think about, you know, kind of just how media or how we get information and content it's, you know, I don't know, maybe some people find it boring or not relevant, but it's important. You know I think in yeah. this day and age, right. Like really honoring people's journey you have to know the roots and history of how those you know styles came about and I think that's what you're bringing is really important for us to really talk about like you said accountability into you know just hair history in a big picture you know um frame reference absolutely absolutely and I think
0: you hit it when you said that like I mean it's not necessarily that we have to like create these like lines right but like it is about understanding like that where your your perspective comes from can shift when you learn new information like again I loved every inch of our conversation. I loved every inch of like what you were talking about when it came to like the expectations of your hair and like why you changed it and why it was emotional, but like exciting. And like, I recognize that um, a great many, you know, people have sat in my chair and c- and cried when we've cut their hair and they've not been black. They've not been white. They've been everybody, right? Like everybody has an attachment to their hair, but I love what you said that it's not like just a hairstyle there's some people who say things like um, oh it's not a hairstyle like referring to locks I'm not it's not a hairstyle it's a life or it's not a lifestyle it's a hairstyle and I'm like for you and that's your choice as a non-black person to have that choice whereas like you know the thought process of like black folks having locks like this is why we have the crown act right because people are not allowed to go into the military people are asked to be have their hair cut before a wrestling match and yes these are like individual experiences but they are just like an example of like what happens and the scrutiny that like black people deal with on the daily about their hair so yes i am going to give them a little bit more of I'm going to put my faith in that, not just because I myself have experienced it as a Black woman, but because the stories are not different. Like they're all a similar story, whether they're placed at work or at home or at school or just on the street, like a random lady in a Las Vegas bathroom trying to touch your hair. Like what? Why? And also not getting a, a job because the hair is not professional, because or you know, um, it, it it's out of dress code. Like explain to me how the hair growing out of my head is out of dress code if like it just grows out of my head. So when it comes back to the idea of like the big chop, there is space on the planet for me to say, yes, the big chop is something that more black people experience based on their like uh, based on the journey of like having this hair and, and recognizing that like, maybe like, I think Tabitha Brown s- talks about it really well. Um, She's got her, she's got her big Afro. She calls it Donna. And um, she talks about like getting free, right? Like she talks about the fact that when she was an actress earlier in her career, she was dieting like crazy and she was like beating her hair with into submission with like product, like chemicals and hot, and like hot tools and whatnot. And now she's like living a different life. She is free. And part of that, and that's not to say that if you get a relaxer or you beat your hair into submission with, with like hot tools, I'm mad at you and you ain't free. Boo! that's the exact idea is you're supposed to be able to do all of those things. And because historically speaking, black women in particular, but like black people in general have had such scrutiny of their hair, like such, like so many unattainable goals without like a significant amount of money or time or effort that goes into those hairstyles. I'm like, I'm also like losing my track of my train of thought here because I'm just like kind of going off on like tangents. Like, I'm just like, I'm preaching up on a soapbox for a minute here, but like it, it, it does, it does. Like both things can be true. Right. Right. Like, I you think that's what you're saying. Yeah. You can have think- a significant haircut. And a big chop, and they can be as meaningful to anyone as any haircut, but like that distinction of calling it a big hair chop, maybe that just does belong in the natural hair world. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And I think it's back to like broadening perspectives, you know, and like you said, as information and knowledge come into your awareness, yeah, you know, it is our responsibility as, you know, being someone, you know, not in the, from the black community, but, you know, would always want to be an ally supportive of all communities that, you know, need support. I think for me personally, like just having more awareness, right. That's what it's about. Like, we have to be open to the new information, sit with it, process it. And then I think after that, do our best to honor that, you know, that information and really be authentic with ourselves. And I think it's back to like equity and giving, you know, really, you know, giving that recognition to where things start. Right. And I think that's yeah. also something that's missed in, you know, kind of our conversation that there's just so much information we're fed, but that, you know, I, I'll go back to that, like roots and history of things like things just don't appear into, you know, beauty trends or, right. Or, right. The big chop just didn't, you know, happen yesterday because, you know, media is... You know, covering K- Kourtney Kardashian, right, C- chopping her hair. You yes. know, like, that's a perfect example of right how yep. things just kind of get like, oh, I'm going to take this, and this is now how it's known broadly. You know, to have that context, and you know, just you know, you sharing that information is is really important because I think it's it it's relevant in any type of beauty transition or, you know, there's just so many things. And I think we've talked about that where things really start and being authentic to, to those, um, you know, like that beauty journey is important for people to learn because mm-hmm. it's, it gives you the context that, you know, it's missing. And I think that really could sh- change your perspective, broaden it and make you a lot more, um, just understanding. And I think, you know, that's part of it. It's just everyone's perspective is valid, but it's different, mm-hmm. you know, it, and yes. that's, That's part of this conversation, right, is that we, you know, as new information comes into our, you know, frame of reference, it's our duty to talk about it, unpack it, and see how we could take that and move forward and, you know, just be more inclusive with all sorts of perspectives.
0: Girl, preach on it. That's right. and, And you know what's interesting, too, is like as we, as we have these conversations, like I kind of love, cause like generally Marcy, you and I are like on the right side of history, right? Like we're just like, <laughs> yes, we're so, cause this is something that's important to us, right? Like these yeah. types of things within our beauty industry are important to us. And we look and seek out for these voices that, that are telling us the truth in an authentic way, right? Like that's what we do, you and me for sure. Like individually together, always that's what we do. And usually like we're like right in line with them. So it's been very easy for me in particular. I'll just I'm just gonna speak for me on this one. Mm -hmm. It's been very easy for me to like kind of get a little high-handed and like kind of just like run my mouth a little bit. So it was kind of awesome to have this like moment of like, oh shit. I just totally said all of those things and now I'm feeling some type of way about it. And now I'm going to like, now I want to rethink it. But what was even better was like, I was excited to come talk to you about it because I knew that you would take on that information and be like, okay, okay. And not be like, oh, we didn't do that though, because we did. But like, instead of being afraid of it and like running away from it, we're just like diving into it. Um, So, like I already said, Kia the curl consultant, like love her, trust her, follow her if you're not already. Um, and it's K I A the curl consultant. Um, she's incredible. But like, there are a lot of voices out there from the natural hair community that have um some pretty big voices. But there's also a lot of them out there that don't have big voices. Um, so I I I kind of you know are there any? And and for me. Like, yes, I listen to a lot of Black people, but I think it's been really in this last couple of years been really important for me to start to listen to like beauty, beauty professionals that are not Black, that are not white, that are like, you know, obviously like Latina and Native, like Indigenous and, you know, Persian and East Indian and like Asian, like all over, like I want to hear because obviously we're not all the same. And like, even within Asian, we know that there's like literally zillions of different like cultures within just like the idea of Asia. Right. Like it's so, so it's been interesting to see like these different perspectives coming forth and like, and, and like on the same topic and being like, huh. Okay. So this makes sense to me. I really enjoy this. So, and, and one of the, one of the reasons that I really started like getting very specific about it was when, um, I got to listen to you on that clubhouse with the Latina beauty. Um, it was the Latina beauty club club yeah. group. La- yeah. And yeah, yeah. it was so amazing to hear the same types of like conversations that are being had in the natural hair community. They're being had like everywhere. And, and, and to open up those authentic voices and here like I would love I would love for us to share like any of the people that like you, you like that person I believe them all the ways like I just always believe them like when they got something to say like I'm like yep I'm here for it like Megame Lafond if she says something I'm like that's the truth that's the truth I'm I'm behind it and I'm not saying she's infallible she's a human being I do not put her on a pedestal but I just like really always kind of feel like Kia and like texture versus race, and like Naima Lafon, like have some really great perspectives um and and I really I'm always like open to them. But do you, Marcy, do you have any that you like to listen to, and why do you like to listen to them?
1: Yes, I have been really following the rise of the founder of Riso curls. Riso means curls in Spanish, yes. yeah. Yes. and she's this like beautiful, you know, mexican American um woman who started her brand and she's, I think, the first company to launch at Ulta, you know, Mexican-American founder and she's in Sally Beauty Mexico. So just seeing, you know, I think in this day and age, right, 2021 and, you know, I've been in the beauty business for about 16 years and that, you know, here we are and there was still so much you know, unmet needs, you right? know, right. For so many, firsts. <laughs> so many firsts, like really, it's like, that's, it's always so jarring. It's beautiful to celebrate, but it's like, you know, wow, we're finally at this point where we're seeing, you know, these off, you know, the authentic, you know, journey of, of entrepreneurs. I'm always really fascinated by, by seeing, you know, that rise and just you know mm-hmm. product that really solves specific, you know, needs for certain communities. So she's a favorite fan of that brand. Definitely. Definitely a favorite. I went on just like
0: real quick. I went on like a full scale Rezo cut or excuse me, Rezo cut um, Mm -hmm. like YouTube rabbit hole. And I was
1: like, yo, great videos. Yes. So Mm -hmm. good. So good. The other one, there's a brand, uh, Ceremonia. Um, I think we've talked about this brand. She's, yes, um, stunning. I think she's, you know, Swedish and Peruvian. And I apologize if I got that wrong, but, you know, really bringing about um, ingredients from a lot of indigenous, you know, countries from the, you know, Latin diaspora. Um, And that, you know, just seeing all these interesting spins, there's, I think, another brand. I don't know if they're in here, but um, beautiful branding. I think it's Nopalera. So um, Nopale is like the the cactus um, inspired Mm -hmm. by a lot of that, um, those ingredients. I think it's really interesting to just see. You know again just like there's still a lot of authentic stories to tell ingredient stories from you know different um countries and just you know founders that have created brands based on their own you know lack of finding the right thing out there it just shows me totally you know like we've talked about like those charts you know like yes there's number systems but it's still like it's just a starting point like that's not yes. You know, everything and, you know, there's still so much to learn every, you know, everyone's hair has different needs and seeing authentic stories and products being developed by, you know, from communities that need to, you know, their voices really to be amplified. Um, is really beautiful. And, And just how I think the, you know, the current way of selling products and like think about how maybe 10, 15 years ago, you had to have like a ton of capital, a ton of like access to people, investors, you know, in order to get your, you know, your idea, your brand off the ground. And now I think, you know, there's so much more ability to scale, which is beautiful to see, you know, some of these women really starting to, you know, you don't have to have like millions of dollars to, you know, start your brand and, and people will support it. If you have an authentic story to tell, you know,
0: I, that is, that is very cool. I, I actually did not know that. Um, It was definitely a dream of mine when I was in beauty school to like have my own, you know, my own brand. Like I definitely, because, you know, being mixed race, there was like all these different products. And this is obviously like why, why brands like mixed chicks do so well. And like, because there is a difference, like definitely knowing, you know, that just knowing that from having a history of going to like traditionally black salons and having them be like, yo, your hair is too soft. I don't know how to do it. And then having like going to like traditionally white salons and then being like, um, we don't do that hair here. And like, and you're like, oh, cool. So I like, don't fit anywhere. That's great. That's a great, that's a great feeling. That's a really great feeling, which is why you see so many, like. Beautiful multicultural salons. And like what I love right now in the industry is like the individual stylist. Like again, no shade on commission salons, no shade on rental salons. I'm for it. I'm for all of it. There's a spot in the world for all of us. And I've worked in all of them and I have loved each and every experience. Um as a as you know, working in my own suite, loved it, working for um renting a chair from a, a, a really amazing salon owner loved that too. And started my career as a commission stylist. So I'm not going to go down that route right now, but like I'm here for it. But what I love, love, love is the individual stylists who are focusing on working with multiple hair textures and like celebrating that in their salons, because they know what it feels like to go into a salon and have those types of things happen to them because it's happened to them. They know how to, they know how to craft not only a great style products, you know, experience, but like the, the the unbelievably like welcoming and warming you know they know the right questions to ask they know the right like ways to talk about the hair and it's you know not woolly texture it's like you know it's got like a couple more layers of cuticle on it you know just you know that type of thing so you're really helping them to understand so you're really helping your guests to understand their hair and that's why you see you know um like chelsea ray salon um is a really great, is, is a really, really wonderful example of like an individual stylist who created this like amazing experience in her solo salon where like everybody feels welcome because she fully focused on that and does great curls, does great all the things, but like really knows how to make people feel good about their actual hair type. And I think that's firm for like for me like the idea of having some like products that would just like celebrate that aspect on like a professional level is super amazing and i really like that but yeah definitely as a kid i was like or as a kid as a 20 year old when i graduated from beauty school i was like ooh maybe i should have my own brand because there are so many Wait, There's so many shampoos that are good for hydration, but are they too heavy for fine hair? Does that matter when it gets to be as coily as mine? Like, you know, there's, there's all a lot of the consideration. These- yeah. Exactly, exactly. And so when we see these, you know, these professionals out there speaking on their experiences as much as I like love each and every single person that I've mentioned, I always have to remind myself that they're speaking from their perspective and their experiences. And just because what I think maybe isn't in line with that doesn't mean that I'm wrong or they're wrong. It just means that like my experience is different and you know, like, Again, with the big chop, like some people are going to say, like, there's no way you can call it a big chop unless it's on a black person. And I'm like, for that, like, I totally understand where they're coming from. And I get why they're gatekeeping it, because so much has been robbed from black people to like, like you said, like by the Kardashians in particular. And yes, I mean, all of them each and every single one of them has like found some way to co-opt blackness and 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 turn it into a beauty trend and it's disgusting to me like it is like use your power if you're that influential maybe use it in a better way that's all i'm saying like just use it in a better way and to all you kardashian fans i apologize a little but not really actually no i don't forget it skip it i don't care i don't like any of it but like that it's just some dangerous shit right So like. It's dangerous to like take on a a a topic that you have very little experience with, yeah, and just like preach on it like you are
1: an expert,
0: yeah, like a pro, an expert. Sorry, thank you. I totally like lost my mind for a second there. No worries. But I think that also, you know, that is kind of the thing that we like. You said with social media, everybody has a voice, and everybody has a perspective, and everybody has a point of view um and like how do we how do we find especially right now because the internet like instagram in particular is like flooded with people who are experts about you know vaccines people who are expert about not getting vaccinated people who are experts about like literally everything on the planet and especially when it comes to like you know race and and hair types and discrimination like what does that look like for people because it really is um like, how do you know who to trust? Like, how do you know? I was going to trust?
1: say to me, it's all a call to a call for a lot, a need for, um, legitimate education. Right. Cause I think you're, you're speaking, you know, on the topic of misinformation. And mm-hmm. I think there's, you know, there's a fine line to, like you said, different perspectives, everyone can own their perspective, yep. but there's still, you know, like, everything starts somewhere and just having that baseline knowledge. I think that's, what's missing sometimes where the industry is almost like playing catch up of, Hey, we may have skipped over this whole part of how we got here and everyone's just wearing hairstyles, but I think it's our responsibility to educate ourselves. You know, like you said, everyone personally understand your own hair. And then once you've really mastered, you know, your, you know, understanding of your own hair with, you know, you know, your experts, your hairstylists, whoever, you know, is, trained you know and and is not a self-identified expert but has really put in those you know that has that knowledge that skill set um that's to me what's missing and you know it's not readily available i think maybe that's something you know all of us is a call to action in the beauty industry we could do a better job of really educating ourselves and but also respecting those different perspectives because that's how we all learn um you know like you said like it's about really sharing um those perspectives but I think that history lesson is missing because I think that's where you hear people say well it's just hair right lots just hair just hair no you're completely omitting a huge part of of that picture so I think that's you know and then I think as Americans too you know I think that's the tough part. You know, there's just so many different cultures and ethnicities, but they're not really talked about. If you think about growing up, you know, mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're, I feel like we're still living in this like experiment of what it is to be an American, right. We're a pretty young country, but we have such a diverse, like, you know, you know, um, makeup of all our people that yeah. I think that's what we, maybe we could do if we all share just more of our, you know, cultural history together amongst each other. There's some learnings there because I, I feel like, you know, Unless you get it from your stylist or a true expert, where are you going to learn that? I mean, right. maybe your family, you know, the internet. If we leave it up to the internet to educate you, then we all know how that could. <laughs> <laughs> you can get like a, and here's the thing: you're so right, Marcy, because you can get like
0: a hundred facts, and ninety nine of them can be one hundred true, but that one that you like, maybe you're like, yeah, I'm here for it, and you're like, yes, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, mm-hmm. oh no. And like, how do you, how do you, how do you find that? Like, how do you, so yeah, like, I guess a good question would be like, how do you navigate finding the truth in things? Right. Like, cause I think that, you know, one thing that I've been really called to do is like when I have to explain, like if, if someone doesn't know what I'm talking about, um, I'm, I'm getting less and less patient to like explain myself, you know, um, I'm just like, Google it, Google it. Google it. Go ahead on and Google it. And especially when it comes to like black hair and like you know, black hair discrimination. I'm like, woohoo, Google it. Cause like just Google Crown Act. Like go ahead and Google that. Like, because that right there will give you not only, you know, like testimonies from people, but like, you know, full on experiences as to why we are putting legislation in place in order to like prevent prevent discrimination. They texturism, like, of all the things to be is me about. Like, really, mm-hmm. texture and, yeah, I said is-a-me. I did. I did. I said is-a-me. I'm such a nerd. But, like, <laughs> I just, it's so, like, it is you're right it is our responsibility to find that information and find it from authentic experts who are who are in it for the right reason i'm and i'm not saying that like if you're in it for money that that's the wrong reason but that shouldn't be the only reason you know because that's when when it's the only reason when it's not about benefiting people when it's not a, and you're trying to sell a product that does benefit people or sell like an idea that does benefit could benefit people, like, why not take the extra effort to, like, make sure that it's real and it's honest and that it's co-signed by not just yourself, but, like, you know, like a a variety of different people and a, a variety of different thought processes. And, like, if you don't have that running in your life right now, like, I'm so fucking blessed to know so many different people. Um, and, and have created these connections with these people over these last years that I can call most, like, I'm usually a phone call away of like, okay. So like, I'm thinking about this and like this hair product in this way, how would you use it? And they can give me like a zillion other ways. And that's the absolute best part, right? Like that's the absolute best part of all of this is that you can make that like a whole experience of learning like going to college like going to school rather than like oh they said I was wrong man
1: right I don't know again I'm just rabbit trailing now I'm just like going off everywhere <laughs> all good there was I was speaking to someone the other day um a new uh, colleague that you know has worked um in the beauty industry and, and said something worked across different you know beauty categories and she said something that really stood out in my mind. She says, you know, hair is very personal. Like she's, you know, worked in, you know, makeup and skin and you know different categories. But it's so that really that statement st- stuck with me because it's what you're saying. Like it's like cooking, right? We all could have the same basket of ingredients. You, you know, get the same basket as I do, but how we use them, um, and how you know. How we use them, how we feel about them, what the end result is can be very different. I think that's what's interesting about hair. It's per- it is so personal from person to person. And I think that's why it makes it so important for us to share those personal experiences with our yes. hair journey because yes. like you said they both can be true and it can be very yep. different but mm-hmm. that's where you know that exchange of of thought is so powerful and i think it also triggers more self awareness um i saw that same post from Hairbrain today also and oh, you did. read through I the comments i did and I, I that's one of my favorite things as a marketer is you know listening like social listening yep. is so powerful because all you could do is there you go there's your market research is to see what people are authentically uh-huh. seeing and feeling and that's where I did. I noticed the same things as you like, wow, there's still such an opportunity for education on yeah. why, you know, it. it's may not be the best, you know, to appropriate. Right. And I'm going to just say that it's appropriation, right? Like, just do you ask yourself, have, have that talk with yourself on self-awareness, right? Like, yeah. is this, you know, put, try to put yourself in other someone else's shoes. I think that's what's sometimes hard for people because it is so personal. They're like, I just want to wear my hair like this. I just want to do this. But me, me, me. But really, if we're trying to make the beauty industry a better place, it's really about understanding. It's more important to understand someone else's perspective, you know, than mm-hmm. maybe your own because we all we all, you know, have our opinions and our journeys and they're valid, but if someone else's, you know, perspective and journey is just as valid, I think that's where, you know, the knowledge just continues to grow and the industry becomes more authentic, more inclusive because everyone is open about that self-awareness and Hey, I didn't get this right. I'm here to learn, you know, new ways and just in being humble. I think there's a humility part. I think that's also people, you know, it triggers like an emotional reaction. If someone calls you out on something or can, you know, but really it's just growth and learning, you know? Right. Well, right. And like,
0: you can be called out and turn it into a call in by just how you react to it. Like, don't always expect everybody to be all kindly and sweet to you about it, you know, and like an educational, like I've had people actually give me a lot of praise for how I call in rather than call out. And I'm like, yeah, ask some of my closer people because I do have a high expectation from my tight circle to like be a certain way. Like there is a certain amount of awareness that they have and when they don't and they've been living these experiences with me for so so long they don't get the gentle call out or the gentle call in they get the hardcore call out and every time they have to turn it into their own call in and vice versa like i've been called out multiple times and it's important for me to remind myself like i felt called out just by kia posting that thing i was like who called out called out girl you were called out and i was like fair enough though like if i'm wrong i'm wrong and like let me be right like but if i'm not wrong like Let me think about how I feel about it. And like, I can turn that call out into a call in on my own as my own responsibility. And then again, that's another thing that I like love about, about just like these conversations with you is like, we are never above reproach. Like we are always open to having other perspectives. Um, But the real question here, Marcy, is were you at all
1: surprised that I made a comment on that thing? (laughs) Not at all. I was, you know, (laughs) once when I saw the post and I've seen that illustration before, I feel like it's been picked up by, you know, several social media, beautiful, beautiful imagery. I love that imagery, you know, but it was really interesting to, you know, look at, um, you know, the types of folks that were commenting and it was, you know, it did, you know, I think it warranted, you know, exactly what you said, you know, it's just take a step and, and really understand the context here and the perspective. And it's not just, you know, it's not just hair. I feel like that's what, you know, really right. the industry, you know, it isn't just um a style, right? There's so much more to it. And I think, you know, that's what meaningful beauty is, right? Yes. You know, it's like when you miss the meaning, then what are we all here for? You know, that we're just Absolutely. really surface level, you know, vanity, right? I don't right. think anyone is purely in the beauty game as a consumer, as a professional, whatever side of are you, it's not just vanity. Like I think we're moving past that point of just surface level vanity and these tough conversations help us move forward and accountability. Uh, like you said, Marcy, you just like took the words out of
0: my mouth. Like that is exactly it. Like if you ask any hairdresser or if, and every hairdresser in the world has been, has heard, from someone or has been given fed that line. It's just you're just a hairdresser. Oh, you just do hair, and I promise you, every hairdresser's like Dukes will come up and be like, "We gonna fight now, whether it's verbally or physically, we gonna fight about that because that's not that's not true. We're it's not just hair, and we don't just do hair. We do help people ex, ex, explore and express their themselves, and that is like a gift and a joy that we have had in our careers, and I think that that is so special. Uh, And, and, and because that is such a special job, it is our responsibility to know more about where these hairstyles come from, how they are, how they came into, um, how they came into fashion or whatever. Um, because a lot of them, because like you said, the United States, we are, we are a very diverse body of people, um, not always governed that way, but bodied people (laughs) So it's really like, you know, we have a lot to learn from each other. So why not be excited about that? Like, why not be be open to learning about each other? And also just like recognizing that sometimes you got to slay in your own lane. Like, Mm. I'm Scandinavian and Black and East Indian and possibly Indigenous. We're not really sure yet. But like, that doesn't mean that like, I'm not allowed to appreciate German culture. That doesn't mean that I'm not allowed to appreciate, you know, you know, um, like any other cultures, like Latina culture, like, like it does not mean that I'm not allowed to appreciate those things, but it also does mean that like when Halloween rolls around, I don't get to put on a Pocahontas costume and say that like, I'm awesome. I don't get to, you know, um, I don't get to like, like slap a Bindi on my freaking forehead and be like, yeah, look at me. I'm princess Jasmine. Yay. Like there, there is a way to appreciate and not cross that line into appropriation. And, and I think that like what, what Kia said before, what you and I have discussed, what the harebrained post today really illustrates is that there's ways to react to things and then there's ways to not react to things. And like when you are really truly like being open to what like the world can teach you, you can learn a lot and be appreciative and and love an Afro puff for the way that it like is so beautiful and not wish that it was on your head. You know, like there's an, there's like a way to do that and it's all good. You can love it without wanting to like take it. Like that's a very, <clears throat> colonizing
1: thing to Yeah. And I think it's about checking your privilege too. I think that's what you're, you know, you're, you're calling out on, right? Like, as you yeah. know, you're, you're choosing if you go that route of just appropriating a hairstyle that you have no right to really play and you're, you're kind of, discarding discounting all the you know like you said like all the considerations on you know the communities and uh, that you know really um you know have suffered all sorts of discrimination from wearing you know a hairstyle so I think it's back to just like check your privilege check your Mm self-awareness and try to really put yourself you know in the shoes of you know of other communities I think that's you know, you know, really removing your personal, you know, experience is tough. It really is, but that's where you grow and you learn, you know, a lot more than you, you started off with. So I think that's the, you know, the power, like you said, like, I think there's so much power in, you know, the diversity of our country and we're still figuring it out. I think that's you know <laughs> yes. kind of what you're, you're hitting on. Like we're figuring it out yes. and that's okay. But the more, you know, conversations around this is, you know, empowers us with new ways to, you know, to learn and unlearn. Yeah. Dude. Totally. Totally. And I think,
0: you know what I, again, I think I say this at the end of every episode, but like it is such a joy to be able to have these conversations with you, not only just so that we can like share our perspectives with our listeners, but also like it really, every time we have a conversation, Marcy, I feel like something inside me shifts, something inside me goes, oh, or like, oh, I didn't think about that. Or Ooh, now I'm inspired to think about this or research that or whatever. And And I think that like when we when people are trying to have conversations about anything um, and I love that we always like, we're obviously always talking about the hair industry, but it like, it always like kind of moves into these other places. It really is such an incredible. Like practice. Like it's almost like a, like a, it's like yoga or like meditation or like any of those things. If we like start to look at like having courageous conversations or challenging conversations or whatever you want to call them as like a practice, like something to get better at rather than like, Oh, I'm in my fields. And I don't like the way people feel about me when I say these things. Cause believe you me, I have been on all of the sides of those conversations. Yeah. It's hard, but like, I think that, you know, even like, I, like I said, we start in hair, but it always moves into something else. And I think that that's indicative of the fact that like hair is not just hair like yep. and when people say it's just hair that's a personal choice and that's fine there's totally nothing wrong with it just being your hair um to you like my husband i promise you he does not give a shit about his hair <laughs> other than like it's too long or it's too short i'm I, what do you want me to cut i don't care shave it off if you want to cuz to him it is just hair but that is that's just his choice the fact that he like to a bald man who wishes he had the like robust amount of hair that steven has perhaps he would be like you know like shut up dude at least you've got some right so like it's just right check like you said checking your privilege to think about like where your perspective is coming from um but that also leads to like just being aware
1: and having some empathy for people Right. Totally. Like, yeah, it's just saying it's just hair. Imagine, you know, like we've all been in, you know, middle school and like getting a bad haircut and getting bullied that, I mean, those are scarring life events. You know, so it's mm-hmm. not just hair because if that was the case, then why would, you know, that, that kind of, you know, situation ever happen, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, it's like you said, it is like checking your privilege and then checking empathy. Like, you know, I think we could do a lot better as people, like, you know,
0: <laughs> and you know what exercise muscle
1: me too. I'm just going
0: to say, I I have a lot of empathy in a lot of ways for a lot of different people, but there is definitely some days where I'm like, girl, you are you like, lack empathy in, for the, in this moment. You are like lacking empathy. Like for whoever's puppy I found this morning in the alley, like I have no empathy for them in this moment.
1: Right. Like, why is
0: your puppy in my back, in my back alley? Stop it. Like I have no empathy for that, but <laughs> that's another story <laughs> for another day. Um, but like, I, I, you're right. Like empathy is, is so important when we're having these kinds of conversations it really like the world could use a lot more empathy just like what do they say walk a mile in somebody else's shoes like wear somebody else's hair for 5 minutes and 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 experience just like that you know actually don't never mind i'm going to pump the brakes on that what i just said never mind don't wear anybody else's hair don't put a wig on don't get your cornrows going like don't do it just don't don't do it because the funny thing is is that people will tell you how great you look and how cool you look and how fashion forward you look because you lack the melanin for them to want to create the scrutiny and the discrimination. So please God, don't do that. Don't do that. Everyone will just tell you, you look fashionable. Um, <laughs> that said, it's probably time for us to wrap this up. huh? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to get wild and we just know that it's time to back that up a little bit. Um, but Marcy, you're my fave. And I'm so
1: excited. Hey girl. This has been, I love our conversations. <laughs> I just do. Yeah. I think I said this, I don't know. I don't think we're recording, but maybe it was via text, but I feel like it is every Sunday. It's like going to beauty church, hair church. I mean, we are hair getting church. healed. We're growing, we're <laughs> digging deep, we're unpacking. And it's, you know, like you said, every week it le- I leave our conversation with new perspectives, new areas yeah. to unlock in my own you know thoughts. And, and when I interact with people, just really, you know, trying to, um, you know, create more, you know, um, conversations. I think, you know, part of our discussions about having those uncomfortable conversations and being comfortable with that because yep. that's where growth happens. And I think to me, that's what's, as long as we're growing and we're learning and really understanding each other better as people, then yep. the industry will get better. Cause if we each do that in our own circles, imagine just that ripple effect, I think is really powerful.
0: Yes. Yes. The ripple effect would be incredibly powerful. I could not agree more. I could not agree more.
1: Hey everyone! Thank you so much for listening to For All Hair Types. We hope you enjoyed this episode and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to support the show, please consider leaving us a rating and review or even sending it to a friend. Follow us on Instagram at ForAllHairTypesPod. Do you have a hair story you'd like to share? Send it on over to podcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram. You can even leave us a voicemail at ForAllHairTypes.com. See you next time. For All Hair Types is created by Mahogany Plouts and Marcy Miguel Richards. Produced by Taylor Lane.